This episode brought to you by Not Having Paper Cuts. How often do you think about paper cuts? Probably only when you have one. The National Not Having Paper Cuts Council would like to remind you that not having paper cuts is an often overlooked and underappreciated state of being. As annoying and painful as paper cuts are, not having paper cuts is the exact opposite. Think about all the unpleasantness you aren't experiencing and enjoy not having paper cuts today. If you are currently experiencing paper cuts, please wait two to five days to experience not having paper cuts. If not having paper cuts lasts more than two weeks, do not consult your doctor. The National Not Having Paper Cuts Council does not condone book burning and does not endorse any e-readers. Hello and welcome to Elijah Saves the Universe, the podcast where we waste time talking about random things while trying to determine if the universe is a simulation run by some guy in a basement. I'm Adam. And I'm Eve. And today we're going to talk about Ego death, as promised. <laughs> yeah, so last time we were talking about aliens and transporters and all sorts of stuff and it slid smoothly into ego death, but we didn't want it to get too long. Yeah, so it, this is part two of our kind of discussion about <laughs> aliens and consciousness, but we're going to focus more about uh, consciousness rather than aliens and stuff today, I think. Yeah, sounds good. So... What do you have to say about ego death? Because I feel like you n- know more about it than I do. Well, okay. <laughs> so I, I will say I have experienced what people refer to as ego death. And you can have this experience yourself through meditation, a spiritual practice. Uh, some psychedelics are known to cause ego death at certain doses. Various celebrities have talked about uh, going on an ayahuasca retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of this popular fad right now is to go do this thing and, and vomit a lot and uh, kind of lose your identity and, and learn stuff from it. But um, in, in my case, I've, I'm not going to say how I experienced ego <laughs> death. Uh, I will say also um, extreme pain um, uh. is can induce a similar state. Uh, so one time I tore my ACL while skateboarding and experienced this kind of a euphoric state immediately um, post that trauma. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. interesting. And so if you've experienced extreme pain, uh, like childbirth maybe or kidney stones, I think you might have um, kind of entered a different mental state than normal um, to try to wrap your head around that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had babies and uh, it, it, there was no point in it where I became not me. I became just very animal. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, oh, I'm a person and this hurts. <laughs> That is another experience of pain. Like if you experience pain, it's like, wow, I've, I've never felt more alive and in this body than right now because it's very apparent that I exist. Yeah. And, and, yeah. There was so much existing going on <laughs> right? when I was giving birth. It was just like, oh, I can't think about anything else except the fact that I exist in this hurts. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> most, most of the time. So I would not recommend trying to experience a large amount of pain to achieve ego death. But I will say that in a couple of occasions, I've had a tremendous amount of pain and kind of dissociated um, yeah. or experienced the, like, and uh, if you read about what happens in the brain immediately uh, as people are dying, yeah, there's usually a flurry of activity. Oh. Similar to if you take psychedelics or if you are a high level meditation oh, really? kind of person. Yeah. I didn't, I have. You didn't know this? this? Is, no, this is new. Oh, Whoa. well, maybe we should talk about this for a minute. Yeah. That's so, yeah, you can you can look this up. We are not experts in any way on this. But uh, you, you can, and 
and obviously Eve is not. She just just hearing <laughs> hearing about it now. I just learned today. But no, um, there's uh, there have been studies where they do brain scans on people who are uh, either being anesthetized or ha- have died on the operating room table, essentially, and then been resuscitated. And they can compare what happened in the brain scan to what their experience was that they can recall. Oh yeah. Which okay. is fascinating, and a lot of times it's that I saw a bright white light. Yeah, everything's very peaceful. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I I broke my wrist last year, and experienced ego death in a hospital when they gave me ketamine. Right. They gave, I was on ketamine, tripping really hard, <laughs> in a medical setting, which is very strange. And uh, with your daughter there. <laughs> with my daughter, yeah. So we were snowboarding, and. I fell, broke my wrist, and I was like, immediately knew something was wrong. It's like, okay, this hurts. And uh, so I snowboarded down to the car, and this was our first run. And I met my daughter at the at the base, and I said, hey, I, something, I really hurt my wrist. I think something's wrong. And we got to the car, and it was in an S shape. Yeah, yeah. I got pictures, and I was like, oh, that's not how a it's like, that's wrist not, is supposed to look. That's not how your wrist is supposed to go. Yeah. <laughs> it was very obviously broken so we went to the emergency room and they said we don't have an anesthetist or anesthesiologist on staff so we're going to give you two things we're going to give you probofol i believe it was that's to kind of put knock you out um but not i guess not in the same way as a regular anesthesiologist i guess you can't yeah be very unconscious this way and we're going to give you ketamine and i was like i've heard of ketamine but I thought this was something people did for fun. (laughs) And um, they gave me those things. And Probofol and ketamine together, they they had me count back from 100. And they said, you're you're an engineer. You're probably good at math. Why don't you count back by seven? I was like, all right, I can do that. So they're like, okay, start at 100 and count by sevens. And they said, all right, go. And I didn't make it to 100. (laughs) (laughs) It was just... My daughter was sitting there. She drove me to the ER, and uh, she said I, my eyes just rolled up in the back of my head. I started staring at the ceiling and smiling. <laughs> I remember the staff working on my arm and feeling euphoric, like this oh, yeah? is the best day of my life. Oh. And that was, and I, I knew at the time that this was not a good day. <laughs> Like, I really didn't want to have a broken arm. Um, but, yeah, that drug was kind of incredible. And so, ego death. Yeah. I think it's a misnomer to say I experienced ego death. <laughs> I think it's impossible to experience ego death. And the the reason is, ego death is the absence of everything that you call yourself existing. Most people say something like, I didn't care if I lived or died, um, which sounds like, okay, maybe I'm suicidal, but it's not that at all. It's the thing that we talked about in our last episode where I am very attached to the idea that my consciousness continues in its current form. Yeah. Um, and if you completely get rid of that attachment, that that yeah. is what ego death is. Which is just crazy to me because i am very attached to continuing in this form like most people are hardcore yeah this is a very scary thing and then when you experience it and everything that was adam like everything that i think of when i think of me was gone 
It was just, I am experiencing the world unfiltered through any perceptions that I normally have. It was like seeing the world as it is not filtered through, oh, that's red or, Mm -hmm. oh, that smells good or this is good or bad. Or this reminds me of this thing in my life or any of not at all. These are the emotions that I have tied to. Right. So in the last episode, when we talked about, okay, I might see, we might call this thing blue, but we both have a different perception of what blue is. This seemed like I was participating in an objective reality that existed that was not colored by any judgment that Mm -hmm. I might have. Like I can look at you, Eve, and say, there's a really beautiful woman. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But that doesn't, that's not reality. Yeah. It's not reality because you're not a beautiful woman. It's reality because you're a collection of atoms okay. <laughs> and energy and light. And any any judgment that I would have that's subjective is just my bias. And so ego death is the absence of that bias. And when I say it's impossible for someone to experience ego death, the moment that you cease to have a self... When that dissolves, like you as a person are no long, no longer exist, and you as a person are not experiencing this. It is just a thing. It is just the you universe. You just <laughs> are. And um, if you watch people's experiences or listen to people's experience on psychedelics, there's an excellent Netflix documentary on how to oh, change your mind, yeah. right, where they talk about that and how it's very therapeutic for cancer patients to uh, take psilocybin or LSD um, and experience this very thing. They talk a lot about it. So it, it, it rings true. Um, and most people say it's a, one of the most profound experiences they have in their life. Yeah. And I would, I would say that is also true. I would completely agree with that for the reason that you go through your whole life in a very self-centered way. And right. that's not like to say everyone's selfish, but it is very difficult to have complete empathy and to remove, yeah, to to remove yourself from your own experience is, is very difficult and takes, like, a lot of consideration and thought. Right. Yeah, we're all the hero of our own story, right? We're all oh, the yeah. center of our own universe. And it takes work to say, okay, but you are having this diff- different experience, and I'm going to be sympathetic to that at least, or have empathy for you. Um, in this case, this felt like pure empathy, that I, even though I didn't exist anymore, yeah. but... Um, that, that's the other thing. Words kind of fail to describe the experience. So I'm going to say I, even though there's no, I just assume that there's, (laughs) there's no Adam left. So the experience was of being part of everything, one with everything, Uh everything is one thing and also nothing at the same time, (laughs) right? It's kind of this very, it felt very meaningful and also meaningless at the same time. Yeah. All of those, uh, what are the cones, the Zen things, all those things were like, oh, what's the sound of one hand clapping? Oh, and, uh-huh. and, you know, the master Tree. said, yeah. like, oh, is it this? And like, no. Well, then is it this? No. And yeah, it's, everything's a paradox and it, nothing makes sense. Um, it's that experience kind of completely at all at once. And the one thing that seemed real and true was that, there was this overwhelming sense of peace and love. Oh. And it was it was very nice. Oh. And, and it was very reassuring that um, once Adam stops existing, that this is the state of being. 
so when I learned in uh, like high school religion class about Nirvana or whatever, it mm-hmm. kind of I, I have no idea if this is what that they meant by that, uh-huh. but that's kind of what it felt like. Like not existing seems like the worst thing in the world to someone who like us who cares yeah. about existing, but experiencing not existing and experiencing peace and love and, and being one with everything is it's incredible in a way where it's like i no longer am a very afraid of dying yeah because i i kind of know what it's like and as you come back from this you you kind of regain your sense of self and it's kind of like waking up from a dream where you know you as as you're waking up from a dream you understand everything going on and you want to tell somebody else here's my dream yeah and as you start to describe it 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 just goes, goes away yeah that's also the experience as you come back to your reality mm-hmm. as it is now. There's also this feeling that that experience was the actual reality. Uh-huh. And this, this experience that I'm having as a living person now is the filtered version. So that uh-huh. this is less real than, than, than the... And when I think about it even now, uh-huh. that has to be true. Because my perception of the universe is just one person. It's just, yeah. I can't comprehend even just the way the light is bouncing off of your face right now. And right. Like, all of this, like, that's, I can't see it all. Mm-hmm. You know, I can only experience this tiny sliver of everything that exists. And so, it, yeah, it's like, okay, what a bias that is. Right. What a tiny, tiny filter that is. That the only thing I can see of this universe is the tiniest little bit and how limiting, right? Yeah. It, it's interesting to think about like how different a life can be when you have experienced something like that and you can sort of see outside your own small world, you know, and, and exactly what you described is funny to me because I think of, you know, the hippies that we picture was like, oh, peace and love, man. And it's all, none of that matters. And it's like, they probably had ego death and that's exactly how they got there. I I guaranteed. So, uh, yeah, there was also this sense that I was in this place that everyone who had experienced ego death Mm -hmm. went to this place and like, it it wasn't a room. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but it was kind of like, um, like if you look at psychedelic art or, um, when I, they asked me how I was doing in the ER when I woke up. <laughs> I, I said, I'm tripping balls, man. <laughs> and my daughter cracked up. She's like, you can't tell that to a medical professional. I was like, I don't know how else to describe this. Because um, the ceiling tiles, there was a drop ceiling. And the ceiling tiles were moving in a way that looked like um, when the bricks move in Diagon Alley in Harry Potter yeah. in that mo- the first yeah. movie. And like they tap the wall with the wand. And they all go away. They all go away. The ceiling was doing that. And so I'd, when they asked me, how are you doing? I still wasn't me yet. <laughs> so the question had a, like, I, I like, it took me it. aback. Like, <laughs> a, how am I doing? Like, that, that doesn't make any sense to answer that. Sorry. You know, and then 40 minutes later, I was completely fine, which was very weird because I could feel myself kind of coming down from this experience and things started to make more and more sense. And... You know, then it's like, ah, shit, I've got a broken wrist. (laughs) This isn't the best day of my life. Yeah, the experience of being in a place where time had no meaning, um, my gender had no meaning. I was no longer 
Adam the man. I was just for a period just Adam and that it's kind of like an out of body experience Mm -hmm. where everything that made me a man like it it, it didn't it's just I'm I'm a conscious being I'm my the man part is a physical thing right Uh I have man parts (laughs) (laughs) and I I feel like a man but I think the the reason I feel like a man is because I'm in a man's body and Mm -hmm. feeling like I wasn't in my body anymore that that wasn't necessarily tied or an essential part of my being. Yeah. It's like, cool, I'm kind of gender neutral, um, which is kind of fascinating because I know I've got friends who are uh, trans yeah, and they have gender dysphoria or they don't feel like they are in the right body. I didn't experience that. I felt like it didn't matter. Right. But I think that helped me understand that experience too. A little bit, yeah. It made me question, why do I think I'm a man and what... Like, what why do I think I am this masculine thing mm-hmm. when it's really just physical? Right. <laughs> like if you were to change my parts, would I still feel that way? Yeah. And yeah, it's incredible experience. Yeah. So aside from making me feel better about dying, I think it does help kind of have empathy for people who have a different experience with not feeling right in their body or, or something like that too. That's fascinating. Yeah. Cause, um, I've never experienced anything like that. And and we've talked about this a few different times. And, and every time it seems like I get it a little bit better or I get a different aspect of it where I'm like, oh, I see. But again, it's like one of those things of like, I haven't experienced this. I can't experience the thing that you've experienced. And I'm only in my brain and my experiences. So I kind of hear you and be like, whoa, that must have been so cool. I can have some understanding, but I don't, I can't feel it it's that's that's exactly how i feel about it describing it too i can't accurately as a person describe it Mm -hmm. to me like in any way that is comprehensive yeah it's like okay i had complete understanding of everything for a moment when i wasn't me Mm -hmm. it was it it was essentially like i was either nothing or everything or god yeah this is what it must feel like to be god (laughs) (laughs) or to have a complete understanding of reality yeah and then like a dream, it goes away. And yeah. like a dream, I can't describe it to you. Right. I knew at the time, I was like, okay, when I sober up, when when I come back to reality, I am no longer going to understand this. I'm not going to get yeah. this. And it was almost a little sad. Like, ah. Um, like you, you, you know, <laughs> you have it this moment and you're not yeah. going to. Yeah. Um, it's that feeling like when you finally find your car keys. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you know that like you like Eureka. Yeah. Just imagine feeling. Yeah. yeah, Imagine feeling like that for like two minutes constantly. Like, oh my God. Yes. Oh, (laughs) oh, wow. Yes. Wow. I, I, I completely get it. This is so cool. Everything makes sense. Everything is going to be okay. And everything I thought that mattered that I was anxious about is gone. And. It doesn't matter that if I can, like, if I stop existing because other people exist and other consciousness exists. And if that weren't true, then time really doesn't have any meaning. Yeah. It's kind of like when a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound if nobody's there to hear it? Yeah. If no one's there to observe the universe doing its thing. Right. Like we said with the many, many universes, if consciousness goes away and for six trillion years it, it... it never exists in the universe again, and then it comes back. Those six trillion years are essentially yeah, don't. meaningless. Yeah. 
and everything's essentially meaningless when you when you think about it <laughs> it's the meaning of the universe and like the the value it has was the thing that consciousness kind of makes up and ascribes to it and learning all of these things it was just a profound profound experience that i can't accurately describe but i can try in the hope that somebody might hear that and say oh yeah I, i've had s some kind of similar experience or maybe people are trying to meditate and think about these things or try to find answers and this is some small piece of it and i think that that's a cool idea it's very cool and i don't know it's it's interesting to me because like i don't know if i'm ever going to experience that because i mean i have felt like euphoria and i have felt all these different experiences and any of those experiences make me feel more like a human or an animal or a me and i never get to a thing where it's like oh i feel like i am less of this you know personally right. yeah so i don't know <laughs> Yeah, and what's the Buddhism thing like attachment causes suffering? Yeah, right. I, I think the words, even the translation of that, is just probably inaccurate for yeah. what they're trying to get across. But yeah, that was kind of the theme here was that my attachment to my own uh, state of being and my continuation of my consciousness was ca causing a lot of anxiety and suffering. Mm -hmm. Kind of like someone who, um, if you ever meet somebody who's very narcissistic, yeah. Any threat to their identity is going to be met with a lot of anger, usually, because they're afraid. They're, right. they're afraid of losing themselves. They're afraid of losing control. They're afraid of not being them, afraid of dying. And I, I think the more attached you are to your continued existence and your identity um, that you've pretty much made up for yourself, right. Right? the greater your anxiety might be. So something, what you were just saying, something that, about that that I find interesting is I wonder if the reason why, like, my brain doesn't go there is because my attachment doesn't usually bring any suffering. Like, I have a really easy life, and I'm pretty delighted by everything constantly, and I'm just, like, a naturally very happy person. And so I'm I'm sitting around being like, oh, my God, look how great this is. Oh, wow, I've got a female body look how hot I am. Like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, I, my attachment tends to bring delight way more often than not for now. And, well, the, when you think about losing it, when you think about dying, you really don't like to contemplate that. No. And right? yeah, that's a very scary thought because yeah, I'm very delighted by this whole thing and I want to keep that r running. <laughs> and, right. So here's a question. Mm-hmm. What if you were to have an experience, say a loss or an injury that meant that it, like now you're living in pain or yeah. now you can no longer do the things you really enjoy doing? I don't know. And I'm curious about how, how that will play out as I'm obviously I'm going to get older and obviously I will have losses and I just I haven't really had to deal with much of that. But also like my life hasn't been perfect and easy and I'm still pretty um like fully delighted by everything you know yeah I, so I, I think um we can probably get into this in future episodes but <laughs> if we were to go over everything that's happened to you in your life <laughs> you're making it sound um way easier yeah, and yeah, smoother I haven't, yeah than i haven't it been actually... like picking daisies this whole time no. like things have happened yeah and I, I could say like okay yeah that wasn't ideal <laughs> yeah i i think one of the things about you is you 
uh, Eve is a very positive, optimistic person and sees the good in just about everything in every situation and does not dwell on this. This bad thing happened to me negatively in the past. And, and that is mostly, I think a a really admirable strength of yours. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't, it's not like I have cultivated gratitude and stuff along the way, but I think overall that's just kind of the way my brain works is it's just I've always been the person who's like happy to do the thing and excited about whatever is going on. And if something's tough, I'll be like, oh, I can't wait till that's over because then I get to right X. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, your life is pretty great. Right? It, right. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Like right now, it really is. I had some tough times in the past, but even then, like I could focus on the good stuff that was coming or whatever. And yeah, I, I do think that is unique to your personality. Yeah. Like it, it makes sense. Like meeting your mother. <laughs> 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 yeah. I see where this comes from. Right. But um, yeah, that I, I don't know if I would be the same way. Like I, I think I would feel worse about some of the things that have happened to me or if I had your similar experiences, I, I don't know if I would have been as positive, but also you are ridiculously lucky. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Yeah. Good things do just kind of happen. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what the cause and effect there is. If there's any causation, right? like, Oh, what, wait, what if you're just really positive and you just manifest all these things? <laughs> Cause that's how it seems. And there was a time that you and I went to the airport and we were like, we had seats that weren't together. So we went up to talk to the person and be like, hey, can we get the seats together? And he was like, well, have you ever tried the Comfort Plus? <laughs> and I was like, like, yeah, how much is this going to cost? Yeah, I was like, no. And he was like, here, I'll just sit. I'll just put you in there. <laughs> like, this, like, this has not okay. happened. <laughs> like, wow. So, yeah, I, I can see why you would have the outlook that you do. Even being pessimistic about the things and seeing how things work out for you. It's absolutely incredible. And it's like, wow, you're really lucky. <laughs> yeah, I do spend a lot of my life being like, eh, it's all going to turn out fine. And then it does. And yeah. it's like, all right, let's continue on. Yeah. So I'm, I, hopefully you're, the rest <laughs> of your life is like that too. But if it doesn't, I wonder how you would yeah, me approach too. that. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes. But I do know 30 seconds before you do die, you will probably experience ego death and <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Something to look forward to, I guess. Yeah, I'm not really looking forward to that. I'm having a good time, too. But Yeah. But, yeah, if, I think if there are people out there that are in pain or dealing with old age, terminal illness, that sort of thing, th- having this experience would be profound and very helpful. Knowing that this happens um, could be comforting in a way. Yeah. It's kind of a, if you're afraid of something and you, that you'll never experience, right? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of heights, I'm afraid, which is really, I'm afraid of falling, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say you can do this in a way like, okay, I fell and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm afraid of speaking in front of people uh-huh. and I do it and nothing, and the world didn't end. Yeah. And I do that a few more times and now I'm not afraid anymore. It's like, okay, I can handle this. And that's kind of the feeling I have about death, which mm. I, I don't think I had before. That's interesting. And and that's another thing to think about for um, like psychedelics, because you, you can, uh, uh, most people in general who achieve this, it's probably through psychedelics of some yeah. kind. And, um, and so now that they're seeing the therapeutic uh, 
effects or abilities of psychedelics and hopefully getting them to be a little more legalized and, and used in therapies is really interesting because yeah, like you said in the How to Change Your Mind, how that really helped a lot of people. Yeah, and I can I can easily see how that would be true. And just from my own experience, um, it's so obviously helpful and so obviously true. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I, I really would hope that most people could have an experience like this because it's so profoundly helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's through meditation, psychedelics, your religion, spirituality, mm-hmm. or tearing your ACL. whatever it is um yeah i I really kind of wish that everyone could could go do that come back and and continue the rest of your life with that sort of knowledge yeah and you don't really have the knowledge afterward yeah but but just the i guess the the feeling and the comfort of it yeah the um like the trial run (laughs) right yeah saying wow not existing is not as bad as i thought it's so interesting and and maybe someday I'll I'll be able to check that out. Maybe, yeah. I hope hope it doesn't come from a wrist break. No, but I think also it it makes you feel like wow, we're all in this together. Like what an um, incredible coincidence that however many billions of people exist on Earth right now, we just have so much more in common just from the fact that we exist on Earth. Yeah. In billions of years of history, at this moment, it's it's just a it's just a second. Yeah. Compared to all that, like just the fact that I'm alive and someone else is alive at the same time, the chances are infinitesimally small. And it kind of, I would think that if there is, if there's any truth to like heaven or afterlife, that there's probably a, hey, we were on earth together. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like a reunion. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, you were there in the 2000s. Wow, what a great time. There was something. That I read, I'm going to, I might get this wrong, but it was something along the lines of like the history of the world. If you put it out as a, like the length of a football field is like the timeline, your life is smaller than like a pencil's thickness, like the line of a pencil on a full football field. Like it's thinner than that or something like that. Carl Sagan does this, um, like the history of the universe and and the original cosmos, he kind of lays it down. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think it's football field or or something very similarly large. And he's like, okay, all of history that we know about since the big bang. And this is like a calendar. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but human existence started at 11:59 and 58 seconds right before midnight on the la- on December 31st of this calendar. Yeah. And it's like, wow, we have not been around a long time. Yeah. So for us to like be here at the same time and experiencing all these things together is pretty wild. It's like, incredible. It's, yeah. And even if you don't believe that, even if you're a creationist and think oh, this is only 6,000 years old, that's, that's still, just as incredible, it's right? Still like great, yeah. what are the chances that somebody decided to make that happen? And I'm pretty sure we're going to have that, you know, that reunion in, in, in the afterlife. <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, you're an earther. <laughs> you remember hey. that? Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's weird to think about different generations now. We, we focus on like, okay, my parents and my generation and my kids' generation, we feel very different. Mm-hmm. But I bet the three generations that exist like that now have way more in common with each other than they do uh for medieval peasants right yeah like 
that that whole experience of like anything back then right. <laughs> just so different than it's what like, we're doing like we're familiar with television and you know like... none of us are gonna like freak out <laughs> like a plane <laughs> in the sky <laughs> so yeah like i think it's really easy to focus on the differences like differences of opinion and experiences and it's like okay when i compare myself to you we don't say wow we exist on earth like isn't that incredible but yeah if you think about those things occasionally that i think can give you this this kind of same sense of oneness that you experience on with ego death too i like existing with you i like existing with you (laughs) that's it's one of my favorite things right Mm -hmm. i feel very lucky to get to do that whole existing together thing yeah and i'm feeling very lucky to be doing this and maybe somebody will hear this and (laughs) feel lucky too to to hear it or to reflect on their own life and Oh, that'd be cool. I, I kind of forget that we're doing this and other people might listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're just talking to each other. Right. Into microphones. Um, but yeah, somebody might actually out there hear this and be like, oh, wow. And I have this hunch that um, maybe somebody will be curious about ego death. And if we title the episode that, that it'll come up in some yeah. search somewhere and that maybe somebody will be helped. Yeah. Since we're on Spotify now. Right. We're so We're all legit. <laughs> <laughs> But that would be cool, right? Because um, that's Im- awesome. Immediately after experiencing this, I went on the Wikipedia rabbit hole, like looking this all up, like really yeah. trying to find out all the information about it. And there's not a ton out there. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that it should be. Yeah. It's, it's just really cool. And uh, trying to think about it, I would say objectively rather than wrapping it up in some kind of woo or spiritual or religious yeah. um, kind of terms is is unique. So, yeah, yeah. Also, I I would say I'm not a very spiritual person, but having this experience made me understand a lot of that feeling of this being important to to have that aspect of your life and to believe in something or to have some kind of wonder and awe about existence. And I definitely have that now. Well, I think that's a really good place to end today because I I think think that's so so nice. Yeah. 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 Everybody, I hope you have a a good existence, too. All right. So to all of you fellow NPCs out there, whether you have free will or not, we hope you have a wonderful week. (laughs) 